0: If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session, because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Breathing Underwater. This is episode 36. My name is Margot. I am the host of the show. And if this is your first time joining us, I want you to know you are very, very welcome here. This is a dream interpretation podcast where you are learning about what it means to hear God's voice in your night dreams because God has been speaking to his people through dreams since the beginning. If you look in scripture, you are going to see many, many, many examples of God using dreams to communicate to his people. This is a really sacred time and a really safe time for God to release his communication to us because our guard is down, we're in a posture of rest, and we will often hear things that we'll miss during the day. So this is not a new age thing. This is something that has belonged to God since the beginning. And because dreams are a language of the spirit, it takes some learning how to interpret his voice. He is a God that speaks in images, and parables and metaphor and symbolism, which of course is the language of dreams. So this just can take a little time to learn to discern and interpret, which is what we are all about here. You can expect some teaching from me on this, but also live interpretations where you are getting to experience what it looks like to interpret a dream in the moment. And today we're going to do just that. I have my friend Jamie on the podcast. We are going to be interpreting a dream of hers, which just so happens to be an intercession dream. We started our little mini series last week on intercession, what it means to intercede, to be an intercessor. And of course, what do intercessory dreams look like? So you're going to get to see a picture of that today. And I would say one of the clearest ways that you can know if your dream is an intercessory dream, meaning the purpose of receiving it is so that you can pray for that situation is when you are not involved in the dream at all. You're just watching it as if it's a movie or you're a fly on the wall. You don't have any interactions with the people or the situation that's happening. If you are simply observing it, then it is purposed for you to pray. Or God has shown you it for some reason. It's not about your life. It's for you to prophesy or to pray. But before I get too far into this, I'm going to tell you about the number 36. The number 36 is not often interpreted, so I had to do a little digging, but this is what I found. The number 36 means adversary or enemy. The number 36 in Hebrew is written with the letters Lamed and Vav, which means Lamed means authority, and Vav means a nail or a peg, something that joins. So we see that 36 is the number associated with adversaries or enemies, but specifically with how God deals with them, which as always is very interesting in lieu of the interpretation of the dream today. So I'm going to let you decide what you think about all of this and introduce you to my friend, Jamie. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present to you... (laughs) My friend Jamie Fry, I am with her. We are in my bedroom. Yep, <laughs> I'm sitting next to my bed. She's sitting at my desk, just to paint a little picture for you. Jamie is a friend of mine who is a part of my dream club. She and I met at ministry school. And Jamie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Margo, so much for having me on here. I'm really excited to see what you have to say oh my about gosh. my dream. Oh my gosh.
0: an unusual
1: one for me. Oh my gosh. But uh, yeah, Margo and I have known each other for about, what, four years now? Yep. And uh, I've lived in Northern California for about four years now. Came from Washington, mm. where I uh, was on staff at a prayer center for a little while. And that's kind of where I got my start with paying attention to my dreams. Because mm. there was a prophet at the prayer center, mm. and he dreamed everything. You couldn't tell him anything because he knew ahead, of, <laughs> he knew oh ahead of time what was happening. Not exactly. Goals. But it was kind of like that. But, um, and so I started paying attention to my dreams mm. and what they might mean. I don't dream, well, I've heard you dream every night, but I don't remember them all the time. That's normal. Uh, so I don't remember a lot of my dreams, and I seem to go in seasons where I remember a lot, remember every night, and then I'll go months without remembering
0: anything. So uh-huh. That makes sense. Yeah. The guy who was the dreamer at the prayer center, w- were you dreaming before that, and he was the first to kind of just give language to, oh, God might be speaking in this? Or did you start dreaming then? I, I obviously dreamt
1: some before that, but I didn't pay much attention to it. Okay. But I definitely started dreaming more and remembering more and started reading books up on dream interpretation. Mm. And he would have dreams and, you know, find out what they meant. And I'm like, well, this is very intriguing. Our dreams actually can mean something. And so that's been maybe 16 or 18 years ago. Mm. So...
0: (laughs) Yeah. Was he an intercessor? He was an intercessor. I mean and a prophet. Okay, okay. And Jamie is an intercessor. I mean definitely by call and design is an intercessor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What what would you say it means to be an intercessor?
1: An intercessor is someone who stands in the gap Mm -hmm. in between. And so we hear we hear what God wants, his will. And then we declare it on the earth mm. to see his will come to pass mm. on the earth, mm. regardless of what we're seeing going on around us, because that's not what we always want, <laughs> is what's going on around yep. us. So because we have authority on earth, Psalm 115, 16 says, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. Mm. So this is our domain. This mm. is our authority. And we, just like Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Mm. And I say what I hear the Father saying. So we...
0: See what God's doing, what He wants done, and we declare it in the earth. Hmm. How long would you say you've been knowing that you're an intercessor and doing intercessory type things?
1: Uh, probably for just a few years before um, I became part of the prayer center. Hmm. Back in 2004, maybe 2003, yeah. 2004, yeah. I began to realize prayer was an essential part of my life. Hmm. And that I was in a desperate spot. Mm. I wouldn't recommend waiting till you're in a desperate spot before (laughs) you start (laughs) praying. (laughs) But I I did. Although it really works. (laughs) It does work. (laughs) Uh, But I I was in a desperate spot and didn't know how I was going to survive life. And I remember hearing of people that prayed for something until they got it. Mm. And I thought, I'm going to do that because there's a lot that I need. And that started a journey of me connecting with God and finding his heart and yeah getting a lot of answers but also letting go of a lot of
0: things I thought that I needed and wanted that's real. and really didn't that's real yeah did it shift did your prayer shift from a, like a certain style of praying to another style of praying I mean you just mentioned you learned to hear God's heart was that the way you were praying before like hearing what God was saying and then praying or what was it like for you
1: when I first started, it was out of desperate need. And I made a list Just of like all this. please God? Yes. That I, kind this of is mm-hmm. what I need. This is where I am now. This is what I need. Like money. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> and all those things. Um, but after, and I, I had determined I was going to get up every day and do this. Mm. Every day. Mm. And after maybe a month or so, maybe uh, six weeks, I noticed a shift in my prayers where I wasn't asking so much for all of my needs to be met. Mm. I was asking more information about him and who he was and what what is this all about and Ooh. who are you? and Holy Spirit, and what how does this work? And mm. you know, and it, the Holy Spirit's definitely a teacher when mm. it comes to this. and <laughs> when you when you spend the time with him, he will teach you. It just transforms the way you think and everything. But it's just spending time. I did it every day. I mean, I still do it mostly every day. It Things have
0: shifted a little bit. But it's that consistent time with him mm-hmm. that transformed my life. Wow. Would you say now, I mean, I'm just going into this because intercession is obviously something that's important to me as well. But I think all of us are kind of called to... Mm, all of us are called to pray. Right. Not everyone is maybe quote unquote an intercessor, but I think more people are intercessors than know they are. And so I think we're giving some language here. I agree. Aha! huh um, I just loved the illustration of how you kind of came in one way and then this consistent kind of submitting yourself to him. Right. He started to essentially put the questions in you about him and the desire in you like he started to his spirit started to move yes your prayer time yeah is that how it feels for you now is it more is it still I have a list or do you show up and go Lord what are you up to I am not a list prayer yeah I never
1: I never have been I mean there are times when I know there's certain things and I I will pray them but not I, I don't ever do a list to me my intercession is like taking a blank canvas and Mm. let's start putting some paint on it and Mm. see what we get I see and you know me and Holy Spirit together we're gonna paint this picture of what we want life to look like or Mm -hmm. whatever to look like Mm -hmm. and it's more of an artistic endeavor to me where I'm following the lead of the Holy Spirit because there's times like I have a son there will be seasons where I do not pray for him at all, mm-hmm. and then there's other seasons where it is intense intercession for my son. Yep, and it's just the leading of the Holy Spirit. And yep. I, I don't think that if I there's something I'm not praying about, then it's not getting prayed about because God has people praying all over the place. It's so really true. I can just let go of something for a while mm-hmm. if it's not on God's heart or He's not telling me to pray about that. Yeah, He's got
0: somebody else taking care of it. Yep. I've noticed that as well. And for me, it feels like there's a grace and a desire and a a flow and an unction to pray when God is on something. Oh, yeah. Rather, oh, I've been praying about this, so I should probably pray about it again. And then starting to pray in it it almost just feels more dry. Mm -hmm. But when, oh, this is what we're praying for and the Spirit's on it. There's a flow, a yeah. grace It doesn't feel as heavy. Is, yeah. is that
1: how you experience it? Yeah, I think so. it definitely doesn't feel as heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are the, the times when you just pray about something because you just need to keep praying about it. Mm. But then there's the times where you know Holy Spirit's on it and it flows so much God, easier. I love those times. And especially when you can get together with a couple other ladies mm. that I have that I pray with. We're online because we don't even live in the same state. It's awesome. And we pray together and we're in agreement. And a lot of times we get together and we don't even know where we're going. But Holy Spirit leads us. <laughs> and it's <laughs> awesome. It's great.
0: Speaking of not knowing where we're going. <laughs>
1: Here we hey, are. Here we
0: are. <laughs> <laughs> so JB has, she told me there was a dream. I mean, this was months and months ago yeah. now.
1: It was May 5th when okay. I dreamt, dreamt this.
0: Okay, May. And she had mentioned, I had this dream. It's different than any other dream I've had. And I was like, let's bring it on the podcast. Then I forgot about it until a week or so ago. She's like, what about that dream? I'm like, yes, perfect timing. So I okay. haven't even heard this dream yet. No. She's about to reveal it to all of us. But Jamie and I are going to uh, co-interpret. I mean, obviously, y'all kind of lead and narrate like I normally do on the podcast but you are also an interpreter and this is your dream so anything you want to say or you're sensing at any time please share that okay so as always I'll have you just read it or okay share it front to back then I'll ask you the questions which you already know what those are and we'll just flow with the Holy Spirit okay sounds Let's good. go
1: this dream was unusual for me because I am not in this dream at all and I don't recall a time where I've ever had a dream where I'm not in it at all like you're watching it all I I was watching it like I was watching a movie (laughs) didn't interact with anyone at all (laughs) in the dream Um, yeah like I was watching a movie so here we go there was a man and a lady The lady had long blonde hair just past her shoulders, and he had short, dark hair and maybe a short beard. They were both in their 30s, and they were dressed in jeans and T-shirts, and he had like a flannel shirt over his T-shirt. They, to me, were very nondescript, ordinary, average people, almost on the side of a little bit of down and outers, (laughs) but just... Nothing exciting about them or anything. just what do you average mean, down people. and outers? Like they were just trying to survive through life. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Kay? Mm-hmm. Kay? Uh, she worked in a restaurant and the man would come in and he had several wallets that he would lay out on the table mm. like a deck of cards. Okay. And he would do it at this restaurant where this lady was working. The wallets were full of credit cards. And he would make a bet with people who came by the restaurant or whatever. He'd make a bet. I don't really know what the bet was. But he would uh, Mm. then, after he made this bet with the people, he would gather up all of the wallets, put one of them down his shirt, and then lay three more out on the table. This was some kind of trick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the people then, they like bet him about this, and then they would lose he was sort of taking them uh-huh. and they would owe him money mm-hmm. and this was how he made a living <laughs> is he would do this trick and people didn't understand it and they would have to pay him he okay. swindled them pretty he much He swindled them okay yeah. Uh, the woman kind of became a girlfriend. I don't know what their relationship was in the beginning, but he kept coming into the restaurant. They got to know each other. So she was kind of a girlfriend. And eventually, the two of them took off and traveled around and did this trick, the two of them together. It was always the man who did the trick, but she was traveling with him, Mm -hmm. okay? One day, the two of them went into another restaurant. This trick was always done in restaurants.
0: Oh my gosh! I feel the Lord. I have so many thoughts. Sorry, keep going. Okay, Whew. that's awful, awesome.
1: So he did this trick to another woman in a different restaurant, but this woman was on to him. Mm-hmm. She knew what he was doing. Mostly the guy. She was focused on the guy. Uh-huh. Uh, somehow, in the course of the trick he was doing on her, she took him instead. <laughs> then he was indebted to her. Okay, and he had to travel with this new woman. And his girlfriend with the blonde hair traveled with him too. Okay. Although the man was still the focus. The girlfriend was there. But the woman was using this man to do his trick. To do his trick. Okay. But she made him do the trick for other other people. But she was taking him the whole time. So she had him continue to swindle. But the money was going to her. Yes. Somehow. I don't exactly know how he would do the trick. And she would end up with the money got it so um what she did she would signal to other women it was always other always other women okay this was the only one man in the dream she would signal to other women who were around and who were obviously working together and the man would be taken again there was one time when she walked through a restaurant he was doing the trick and she winked at another woman And this woman was like hiding down in a little cubby hole underneath a shelf or a table. Whoa. That woman winked back and then pretended like she didn't understand the trick. And then the man got taken again. Okay. He may have made some money, but the group of women he was traveling with took the money. Yeah. He might have ended up with a little bit of it. And I got the impression that he had to work for them. He was indebted to them. And... All the women, now there's like a herd, okay? And I I use the word herd on purpose, not to degrade these women, but it was like they were a herd. They were all following this one woman and did whatever she said. All of these women were sleeping with the man. Mm. And they took all his money, okay? The first woman, who was kind of his girlfriend, finally got tired of it. I'm not sure if she was Kind of part of the group of women for a little while, but anyway, she got tired of it and was done and left and went back to her first restaurant, okay, where she worked. Where she worked, right? And then there's a little boy with her. She just started working again at the restaurant, serving tables, and eventually the man left the group. Also, he left all those ladies, and I got the impression that they took all of his money and he wasn't of use to them anymore because it's not like he stood up and said I'm not taking this anymore I'm mm-hmm. leaving. Right. He just was done because there was no more money to be made. And he went back to the restaurant also and met the first lady his sort of girlfriend and all he d- all I got was an impression that they were just he was just thinking I guess I'll just get a job. <laughs> Nothing profound but just I'll get a job. Hmm. And what was interesting to me is in this dream, nobody ever talked to anybody. I just knew what they were doing. Mm. I don't know that anybody ever had a conversation. Even the guy doing the trick, he just would lay these wallets out. And all of these people in the dream were emotionless. The only one that had a little bit of emotion might have been the woman who was in charge. And that was just telling people what to do. But I never heard her say anything. But everyone was on the verge of being depressed, just emotionless and moving through what they were doing wow. without saying wow. much of anything. No one smiled. No one interacted much. They were just moving through this dream. And then I woke up after, after he got back to the restaurant and thought, I guess I'll just get a job. That was the end of the dream. Whoa. I can't wait to hear what you have to say.
0: I have so many thoughts. I can't wait to hear some of your thoughts, too. I I actually felt like I was watching a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Just as you were telling me that. It's just like scene to scene. Like, it was a whole story. Yeah, it kind of was. That just unfolded. Mm -hmm. And you got to see the beginning and the end. And it was kind of bookended in Mm -hmm. the same place. It was. Yes, it was. So, before I jump in, what did you title the dream? Grifters. Grifters grifters and when i thought of that i really Grifter with a g
1: yeah grifters huh. there's a movie called that i don't know and i re- i never seen it i've oh. never seen it but i remember i think there's a movie called grifters and i had to look it up because i knew it had something to do with maybe swindling but i wasn't even sure huh. but it's exactly what these
0: people were were grifters interesting yeah and the movie's all about swindlers
1: yeah interesting okay something else that stood out to me is it really didn't have a happy ending mm-mm It ended, and, you know, he had to get a job or was going to because they weren't going to steal anymore, but Mm. it wasn't like it was a happy ending.
0: Right. So definitely not a Hollywood production. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Out of curiosity, what was the color like in the dream?
1: Most of my dreams are on the brownish tones. You're kidding. Not always everything's brown, but this one, too, you know their clothing was colored but it was all subdued yeah and lots of brown
0: and subdued colors interesting so of course we were just talking about the fact that you're an intercessor because Mm -hmm. this feels like obviously god is revealing something to you doesn't involve you at all yeah but he's involving you in it right Mm -hmm. so now he's showing you something that's going on because of your authority and your gift and did you have emotion while you were watching this no yeah okay
1: Maybe after I woke up, yeah, but not while I was watching it. Yeah, I was just observing during the dream. no, I don't remember having any emotion. I just remember they were emotionless. Yeah, this is so
0: interesting to me. Okay, before I get into all of my thoughts, okay. what are your thoughts?
1: I had just a couple. I talked to- I talked to you about it. Didn't have a hap- it didn't have a happy ending that right. stood out to me, and right. intercession also stood out to me. Right. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me is in preparation for this, I listened to The Dream again, which mm. I hadn't for quite some time. Oh, you had voice it recorded it. I had voice recorded mm. it at first, yeah. Uh, m- with my sleepy voice. and <laughs> It's my favorite. That, I know. <laughs> I love listening back. <laughs> um, and when I listened to it again and I realized the w- all these women were manipulating this man and sleeping with him. Well, who does that sound like? <laughs>
0: dun, dun, dun. Jezebel. Yep. Yeah. Jezzy yeah, that was my first instinct, too, yeah. even before the other women came in. So are those yeah. kind of the, the main things that those stood are out to you? the main
1: things that stood out to me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Holy Spirit, help us. Amen. When you talked about this guy that came in with three wallets, I thought immediately of different identities. Someone that's actually coming in and pulling the wool over people's eyes. And then, of course, he started to actually do these, quote, tricks. Mm-hmm. Which of course is pulling the wool over people's eyes, right? Deception on purpose, right? On purpose to make money. Yep, and something about the different identities and being able to pull on like different personas felt, yeah, it just feels really clear. And it's that in and of itself is a facet of the Jezebel spirit as well,
1: because there's
0: this shifting to to. fit into places and be whatever you need to be at the moment exactly right and you know there's stories we hear about people who live a whole life and then they're you know after 10 years of marriage their spouse finds out like they had this whole other life happening and you're like wait what how did you even do that yeah so obviously people can live this way but because you're an intercessor because of the nature of this dream my sense was god was revealing to you a spirit dynamic kind of overall and because the fact that it's more sepia-toned. Yes. Different interpreters and teachers on this talk about, well, if it's a demonic dream, it's not in color, or it's, you know, more dim. And I have found that to be true at times in my own dreams. I don't think it's a rule, though, okay. which is why I asked about that. Yeah. Um, because as an intercessor, God gives us a lot of intel that's spiritual because we're warring yeah. in the spirit. Right. Right? We don't war against, fl- uh, against flesh and blood. So the fact that all of this was going down in restaurants made me think of the church. Yes. I feel like, ooh, the Holy Spirit is highlighting a dynamic that has made it into the church. Yes. And it's preying on the innocent. But then eventually, someone finds it out. Yeah, And in that moment, I thought, oh, amazing. Maybe this is the moment where there's like redemption and breakthrough and an uncovering but it sounds like just a higher level of that spirit kind of got locked into place yeah yeah feels like the man
1: was just trying to survive and someone took advantage of that yep they took advantage of his
0: vulnerability yep and I wonder too this is all just we're just riffing here yeah you know when you think about the different hierarchy within the demonic realm okay there are different levels and different authorities right of demons in the same way as angels and we don't need to go into all of this and you know get too focused on it however there are different levels and different yeah authorities within that structure so i'm also wondering if this guy's operating in a particular kind of spirit but then he kind of goes to the place where it's the point of no return, where now this spirit is fully owning him.
1: Like yeah. he's partnering
0: with the spirit, partnering with it, partnering yeah. with it. And then, you know, you get to a place and it's like, and now I'm totally using you to do my work. He was indebted to the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And that spirit, let's just use this one lady who ended up finding out and... or recognizing what he was doing and then started to use him yeah if she represents maybe even this higher level demon maybe she's the strong man the strong woman if you will yeah in the space that jezebel spirit then using this guy for her work i mean that's totally how the spirit works isn't it yes manipulation and control for your own benefit i also wonder if there's you know we talk about should we go here god We're going here. I can always edit it out. edit it out later. (laughs) Exactly, if I need to. We talk often where there's a strong Jezebel spirit. There's often an Ahab Mm -hmm. spirit. Mm -hmm. So it also went through my mind like, "Hmm, I wonder if this guy is operating in that kind of dynamic.
1: It seemed like it to me because Ahab in the Bible was a manipulative person, Mm -hmm. but he didn't have the level of Jezebel,
0: his wife. That's right. And that whole union even happened because... He was the king of Israel at the time.
1: Mm -hmm. Ahab
0: was the king of Israel. He ended up marrying Jezebel, who was the daughter of a king of another nation.
1: Sidonian or
0: something like that. Sidonian, yep. Going to have to look that up. Um, But essentially, it was a spiritual agreement for peace, for pros I don't know, peace even as much. But for finances, safety, power, trade, all of those things, right? Jezebel didn't have any authority until she married the king. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, wasn't it Jezebel's dad that was like, hey, I'm aligning you with Ahab because he wanted the lands to be married. I believe if you will. so. Mm-hmm. I'd have to in read Union. the story
1: again, but I believe so. That's th- why they married in different kingdoms is to consolidate power. Yeah. Ooh. Consolidate power. Yeah.
0: Feeling that. So a part of, if we're going to talk about this in spiritual language, part of an Ahab spirit is, you know, having a, some manipulation control happening yourself, but also not having enough backbone to actually say no in the face of fear of man. There's probably identity issues. There's an ability to be had Yes. also. Yes. Because when Ahab married Jezebel, basically that... Opened Israel wide up again yes. to the worship of idols. Yeah. And he, she, as an idol worshiper, she worshipped Baal. Literally brought that into the nation and started to build more and more temples. Right. Am I, am I correct in this? Yes. And she had a gathering.
1: She fed all the prophets of Baal at her table. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Until Elijah slattered all 450 That's of them. That's right. Gangster. <laughs> Freaking love Elijah. So as we're talking about this story, does it feel reminiscent of the dream at all?
1: You know, I, I think it does, in a way. Uh, Ahab didn't really have a backbone, but he had the authority because he was king. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jezebel latched on to. Yep. And so this, I see this man as, like you were saying, having an identity issue. He had a lot of wallets Mm -hmm. what it meant for him to narrow it down to three I don't know I'm putting one down his shirt I'm not sure he used whichever
0: one would behoove him in the moment in the moment I guess
1: yeah yeah but yeah I can see that it does it does seem a a little reminiscent of that story not quite sure how far right to go with that what uh, my thoughts were who does this man represent does he represent men does he represent the church and yep does But definitely a dynamic that's Mm -hmm. going on in the church. I thought that too.
0: Yeah. And that is actually, I mean, he was going to these restaurants. So I used restaurants in representation to churches. Right. Oftentimes restaurants can represent that because it's a place where you come to get fed, spiritually fed. You serve. You get served that whole moment. And he was going there to pray not P-R-A-Y, P-R-E-Y. That's good. I know. Wow. Just didn't mean to say that, but P-R-E-Y on the people. He was going to these places on purpose to swindle and deceive. That was his whole purpose. He was Mm -hmm. getting something from it, right? Mm -hmm. So my sense is God is showing you a spirit dynamic that is finding its way into the church, that is pulling the wool over a lot of people's eyes, a lot of women's eyes, or do the women just represent that whatever? Oh, no, because the women weren't... The ones necessarily only being swindled. It was people were being swindled. And then the women started to kind of join.
1: The women the women were in on it too. They were this main woman's followers. That's it. They were all in on it too. That's it. And they were swindling other patrons in the restaurants.
0: So the people that were being tricked were men and women.
1: I never saw any of them, yeah.
0: but that's the
1: impression I
0: yep, got. that's perfect. Yeah. I just got a little mixed up there when we were talking about the women. The women were actually followers of this other woman mm-hmm. who jumped on board. Ugh, I'm seeing spiders now that we're talking. Of course. Yeah. Which is that same spirit. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Holy Spirit, why did you give Jamie this dream?
1: Definitely the sex part of it mm. is a hook. Mm. I mean, to me having sex and this is what Jezebel's about anyway this is how she hooks a lot of her victims Mm -hmm. is through sexual encounters Mm. so that that stood out to me too when I was re-listening to the dream I'm like oh my gosh all these women were sleeping with this man that that hooks a man in it's not just a man but anyone I mean that hooks someone in to a manipulative relationship there's a bonding that goes on And that is probably definitely a problem in the church, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which we don't want to think about that as being a big problem. Or I know a lot of people don't think it's a big problem, but, uh, you know,
0: it's a big problem. It is a big problem. And I feel like this, what I love about this dream is it's the Lord showing you, showing us, showing the listeners too, because he knew that he were going to bring this dream here because I think there are people who need to hear this. That this, there is a spirit, a person is partnering with a spirit (laughs) and intentionally going to deceive and swindle in churches. Uh This is the intention of that spirit that this person in their desperation, this person in their lack of identity, whatever, is partnering with that spirit. Right. It's so easy sometimes to be like, yeah, but, you know, that guy didn't know any better. He was probably just whatever. And you know what? Maybe. But he's still partnering with the Spirit, and he's still going with that intention, and this still needs to be addressed. Yes. This still needs to be, the light needs to get turned on. Yes. And there needs to be accountability, and there needs to be leaders who are actually seeing this and calling this out. And, of course, we have grace and rehabilitation and all of that, but there's a certain point we hit where it's like, nope, you have no intention of changing. Which I think is interesting at the end of this, even after he had been super swindled and spit out, there was really not a heart change.
1: Now, that was what stood out to me, too. Like I said, he didn't just all of a sudden realize, I am being swindled and I am not going to put up with it anymore. Mm -hmm. He just lost all his money and went back to the only thing he knew, which was the restaurant and the first lady, the blonde haired lady, and thought, guess I'll get a job. Which breaking free from that spirit is not an easy path. No. Especially when there's sex involved. Yeah. And I'm just going to be real here. Sex is a hook. Mm -hmm. It is a hook to hook you into a manipulative relationship. And it's not easy to get out of it, but it is possible. Yeah. It is entirely possible. Hmm. Especially when the Lord is involved. Absolutely. His grace is enough. His sacrifice, his shed blood is enough mm.
0: to break that bondage. Mm. But you got some work to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I think is also interesting, and I mean, this is all coming to me quickly because I also intercede for similar types of freedom right, in the body, not just outside the body, but really inside the body of Christ, because these dynamics are running inside the church. Yeah. And it's important that we call it what it is. I think so. I, we have to. If we yeah. try and put a different name on it, or we try to smooth over it, or we try to just over-compassionate, we're not, hmm, we're not being shrewd with the spirit realm. We can have compassion for people, but being shrewd in the spirit. But right. then I also think even compassion to a degree with people who are unrepentant, the fact that in this dream there was a uh, i don't even know what i would call it there was a oh you called it a herd there was a herd Mm -hmm. of women Mm -hmm. that that jumped on this train yes that were either roped in or got stuck in that web or just willingly joined i mean what was your sense that they all were like oh i want in on that
1: i don't know that i had a sense of that just that they all did what this one lead woman wanted they were all in on it and they were benefiting in some way but they were all in on it following her whatever she was doing
0: yep she was definitely the leader Uh uh-huh man i can't stop seeing the spider and the spiders I, i just think of a web and this is an image god has used in the past with me to a degree but it feels really present right now is you know webs are sticky right right and you get caught in them yeah get caught in them real easy and then you get eaten (laughs) truly though and the fact that there's a a man and all of these women we're talking about the spirit of Jezebel we're also talking about Ahab but I think the general gist is Jezebel and manipulation and control is essentially what she operates in right which is witchcraft and Proverbs talks about the promiscuous woman Mm -hmm. and this to me describes this dynamic really well is there's um, seduction which absolutely can be sexual and is sexual, like, especially in this dream. But there's also seduction with sweet words and smooth words. And scripture talks about, like, your words were honey, but they were drawn swords, right? That kind of experience where one thing can look a certain way, but this is actually what's behind it. And oftentimes the kind of like finesse and cunning that comes from this kind of spirit is not easy to just see with your naked eye. And so God has to actually give us dreams, give us discernment, show us how to pay attention to our feeler to start to recognize it, right? Mm -hmm. But I wanted to just highlight, and then I'm going to pass it back to you, is that this particular Jezebel manipulation spirit that all these women are partnering with, it is not just a woman thing. No, it's not men can totally operate in this spirit too 100% right. as we see this guy did yeah on a on a lesser degree but i yeah. think that even the bigger dynamics men can absolutely be partnering with them but i think for the the sake of the spirit illustration god is showing us this with women because when we see to the great prostitute in revelation right and it talks about her being drunk on the blood of the martyrs And then it's also as the promiscuous woman. And then as Jezebel. It's often personified as a female.
1: A female persona. Mm -hmm.
0: The spirit. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't just mean women partner with this. Right. You know you said something
1: there about. It's not always what it seems to be. Mm -hmm. And that made me think of something. We've been talking about at work. Where. There's a certain narrative that's out there. And. Even in the church, there's like a certain way we've always done things and a certain way that we've always believed. We've got to change the narrative and we will change the culture. Whether it's of the church or our nation, (laughs) we've got to
0: change the narrative Mm. and it will change the culture. That is absolutely fact. So in this particular case, what do you think the narrative is that needs to get changed? I
1: think it's time to take the... We can speak the truth in love, mm-hmm. but I think it's time to be a little more pronounced with the truth. Yes. This is what you're doing. You really shouldn't be having sex everywhere <laughs> or outside of marriage. Yep. You know, I call us old-fashioned, but hey, God made his his way of life for a reason, and uh-huh. it's for our benefit. Uh-huh. I love to give the example of driving a car there are a lot of rules to follow if you're going to drive a car and most people will follow them mm-hmm. you don't have to you can go 80 miles an hour in a little neighborhood and probably hurt yourself and somebody else you don't have to follow the rules mm-hmm. but it's for your benefit mm-hmm. the rules of the road are there to get you from point a to point b mm-hmm. the best way mm-hmm. that You can Mm -hmm. in safety and in peace. Mm -hmm. You don't have to follow them. So when you get in a wreck and you hurt yourself and somebody else, who are you going to blame? Yep. The police officers, the government, whatever. You can't. It's you. You have to make that decision that my life is going to be holy. It's going to be pure Mm -hmm. because that's what's best for me. Mm -hmm. And it's going to keep me safe. Mm -hmm. It's going to keep me out of the clutches Mm -hmm. of this spirit. Mm -hmm. I think we just
0: need to talk about that more. Mm -hmm. In particular around the sex topic. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would add to that. I mean, definitely with the sex topic and teaching and giving more space for discernment to be valid. I think it's so easy inside the church where we have been raised religiously or raised with such fear of man to have a discernment, to have a feeling or a sense about something that something's just not quite right. But our immediate reaction is, oh, that's probably just me. I probably just missed that. Oh, I don't want to be judgmental. That's the one that religious spirit uses a lot. It's the accusation, oh, you're being judgmental. It's like, "Mm, actually, I'm judging in the spirit realm, which is what discernment means, which is what we're supposed to do. I would love to see, as well, there be more empowerment to, when something doesn't feel right, having space to talk about it, to bring it to a leader. Yeah. And what one of the things I love, actually, about the church that I go to is there is a lot of grace, and there's a lot of space for people to be rehabilitated, and people not just thrown out of the congregation once they make a mistake, which I think is so like the Lord. And... Just like you said kind of more space for truth i have found too when i talk about this dynamic oftentimes people don't even know what it is and if we can be brave enough to talk with people we're pastoring to have that discernment and actually call it what it is while giving space for that person to even get revelation on this recognize the dynamic that they're in and make a choice out of it I think that's such a, a, a great place of balance but so often we don't want to deal with it we don't know how to name it or we're not trusting ourselves and so we just kind of let it run rampant and put it in a different category mm-hmm.
1: also providing people with what sex is supposed to be mm. how God created it and the beautiful gift that it is which is a whole You know, there's a whole teaching in there, Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't really ever hear that much about just plain sex in church and the positive thing that it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, So rather than just telling people, well, you can't do that, here's why and here's how it can actually be a beautiful thing and providing them with the Mm -hmm. alternative. Yeah.
0: This is how valuable you are. You're actually so valuable that this other person should be able to, yeah, honor you and wait as well. Yeah, and get both get to a place of maturity where you can enter into this more wholeheartedly. But there was something about the different identities of this guy, yeah, that initially like duped people, right?
1: You're right. Yes, and he had credit cards, which to me speaks of debt. I mean, mm. I, where do you think mm. that? Oh, that's good. He was using, the wallets were stuffed with credit cards. Mm. So he was indebted Mm. somehow. Mm. And he got worse in debt. Mm.
0: I had this thought multiple times at the beginning, and I haven't said it yet. When we were talking about the woman finding out and then taking him under her control and using him then, I thought of the parable was it a parable or the story of the guy that was forgiven a great debt but then didn't end up forgiving yes the debt of his and then he ended up being handed over to the jailers yes I thought of that story and all of a sudden this other thing is way more in control and he's being used he's imprisoned now like he has been absolutely oh taken wow. over by yeah. this thing yeah and now that you're talking about debt I'm wondering if there's a correlation there
1: seems like it yeah I mean he was in debt to begin with yeah and just got worse in Mm -hmm, debt mm -hmm. until he was controlled Mm -hmm. like in jail Mm -hmm. like you said Mm Hmm. but he did walk away this to me it wasn't like a real happy ending but he did walk away and I'm hanging on to that you know he walk out he left Mm -hmm, okay he left the women um why I think he was out of money Maybe he wasn't any more used to them anymore. I don't really know. I don't Mm -hmm. remember
0: dreaming the exact circumstances. But how are you feeling right now about the general interpretation? Is there something that you're like chewing on? Is there all of the people in the dream were in their 30s. They were
1: all millennials. Ah. Maybe this is an issue more with that age group. Because they've grown up in a culture that's. Been a little bit further away from biblical truth mm-hmm. than, say, my generation. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm a baby boomer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, maybe,
0: I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. God will show us hey, this door has been open. There's a breach in this area, in this place. For this age group, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. For this age group, for this next generation of up and coming, like, hey, the senior leadership. I mean, and this is different at every church or in every organization. We don't really know how it is, but typically like senior pastors and senior leaders or apostles and they're, you know, 60s, 70s, but maybe they're kind of outside of of this big dynamic that's been released or outside of this breach enough that they don't see quite Mm -hmm. what's coming up under them in the same way. And so God's raising up intercessors. Oh man, I think I'm going to tell this dream really quick. I had. Okay. It's very brief. Actually, it was a vision. I saw a woman in a house, and she had a red bow in her hair. She had a glass of wine in her hand, and there was a blanket that she held behind her that had a bunch of children in it. She had them wrapped up in it, and she was dragging them behind her down this hallway in the house. And on the other side of her was a living room, And there was uh, her husband, the man, laying on the couch watching TV while this was happening. He missed it. I felt when I saw that vision that I knew that God was talking about that Jezebel spirit, but I didn't have real direct correlations until God brought me to Revelation and talked about the woman, the great prostitute. I should probably look it up to give exact reference, but it talks about um, wh- her wearing scarlet and it reminded yeah. me of the red bow in her hair yeah. and this is the same beast that was drunk on the blood of the martyrs the martyrs, mm-hmm. which reminded me of this glass of wine that she was carrying yeah. and here in this moment where this father is distracted he's watching TV she's in the house bundling up these kids and dragging them off with her and I wonder if this is speaking Are these the grown children? I mean, I think these children just speak of the sheep, any children in the hu- in the house. Yeah. I think this is speaking to places where fathers and people in authority have gotten distracted or maybe this hasn't yeah. been something that's been in front of them and she's taken captive. It really reminds me of this dream, actually, now that I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. And he showed me that because I'm a watchman and I'm a voice. And he's giving you this because you're a watchman and a voice.
1: I just, and and I'm not sure, I'm just going to throw this out Great. there, but it feels to me like that vision you saw, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. Long time. Fathers have been distracted for a long time. Long time. And Jezebel's carrying off these children. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if the people in my dream, the millennials, mm-hmm. are, are those Are the adult children. children. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And we need to pray for them. Yep. They've been oh. held captive by Shekari a certain tiara tiara narrative
0: ta. that needs to change. Yeah, that's it. I feel that. Yeah. Oof.
1: I feel something. I'm Ooh. getting cold chills, and I don't usually feel things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, I yeah. actually feel kind of sick to my stomach. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because we've identified the. I almost want to cry. But at the
1: same time, Jesus is enough. And why would he show us this unless he had an intention f- to set these people free? Yes. From the bondage of the narrative. Yes. The church narrative, the yep. culture narrative, whatever yep. the narrative is. Yep. From the bondage of that narrative hey. that won't give you a choice of Come what on. you want to believe. Come on.
0: Holy Spirit, what is the narrative? Like, What is the, help us name the narrative. I really do personally resonate as well as like a a part of this generation and peers and have experienced a lot of this bullying from the spirit a lot of my life Mm -hmm. and have been in a posture of prayer and prophetic decrees for breakthrough specifically with this dynamic inside the church i mean this is (laughs) right at the center which of course is why this is partially coming up today and the way i've seen this happen it's with people who are peers to me and there's a fatherlessness that i know isn't unique to just this generation there's a general fatherlessness especially since the world wars but i'm sure (laughs) goes back uh, forever i've seen it manifest the worst inside the church when there's a pressure to perform or a a pressure to look a certain way and carry a certain persona or facade inside the church there isn't actually space for you to be real about what's happening under the surface. So just put it on, get married young, start having babies. Even if you don't get married young, get married at some point, have babies, get into leadership, do the thing, because then we'll celebrate you and there will be favor and we'll promote you. But nobody really knows what's going on under the surface because there's been a lack of like real fathering and covering and leading and teaching. Like there's almost a pressure of independence that turns into this pressure to perform to find a place of belonging. And of course, in that space, men and women alike are going to be like, well, I, I, I need leadership. I want intimacy like this is all happening on a deeper level. Like, who am I?
1: This identity issue.
0: Who am I? Who really am I? So I'm going to try and find identity in sex. I'm going to try and find identity, the intimacy that comes through sex because then I'm worth. I'm going to try and find exactly identity through performance. I'm going to try and use this identity to get what I need, just like the guy in your dream. Well, if I can get this need met this way, I'll pull out this ID. If I can get this to benefit me this way, I'll pull out this ID. So I'm thinking it is really a false identity narrative of, of us just not really knowing who we are. That's probably the root of it no. <laughs> I mean I guess identity it kind is. of always is right I guess it kind of is uh,
1: really I, I've thought of that the other day like I think we've forgotten who we really are wow. and even in my own journey with so many uh, things that have gone a totally different direction mm-hmm. than what I thought they were so many disappointments and all mm-hmm. those things i'm I find myself going well. Who am I? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. And part of it was because my identity was based in what I was doing. Yeah. All the different ministry things I was doing. And when they, you don't have those anymore. Yeah. Realizing who you are as a daughter. Mm-hmm. Just as a daughter. Mm. A beloved daughter. Mm. And getting that into the very core of our being. I think it's. That's important. Oh my and gosh. I'm on that journey myself. I mean, me too. Still. Always. Right? Right.
0: I wonder if that, you know, fathers really speak identity. Yeah, they do. And mothers do as well. But if you're receiving a false nurture, if you're being swooped up into what the spirit is offering you, they're going to, that spirit's going to help narrate your identity for you. It's mm. going to, it's going to be a part of telling you who you are. It's twisted. It's wrong. It's being used. I,
1: in studying the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I've realized that if you don't put a positive, something in an empty void the negative will automatically fill it Mm. the positive has to be intentionally put Mm. in there just like the Mm. earth was without form and void Mm -hmm. god intentionally spoke goodness into it Mm -hmm. without the intention of putting in a right identity a wrong one will fill the void Mm.
0: so quickly so fast that's good and i mean that really is kind of the picture of the father in my Vision and, and I don't want to just say we're only talking about men here because I do think there is a very key role that men and fathers play, absolutely, yeah. and that's an issue, 100%, in the church, in families. But also just leadership covering authority places where, where you actually have in the body of Christ the call and authority to pour into this next generation. In the same way in this church, there seemed like there was – or these churches – where this man in this dream is going and (laughs) making a killing off of all these false identities. Clearly there's a breach that he was able to come in there and do that.
1: Right. I mean, we've talked about a lot of problems. Right. I also feel very hopeful. Yeah. I mean, he gave you that vision. He gave me this dream. Yeah. We're intercessors. Yeah. And now it's time to agree with what heaven wants to see for the church and the body of Christ. He gave his life (laughs) That was no small sacrifice that yeah, he made. Yeah. Jesus gave his life for this body, for his church, mm-hmm. for his family. Mm-hmm. And he didn't throw his hat in for this grand plan of redemption thinking it might fail. <laughs> <laughs> He knows it's going to succeed. That's right. He's just calling on us who have the authority here on earth Mm. in Jesus name Mm. to agree with what heaven says about the church. Mm. And we're going to do it. Yeah, we are.
0: Let's do it right now. Or pray a little bit? Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, this is the blood of Jesus is plenty. It's enough. For this issue. This spirit, even though it can be a hard one to identify and it can be a hard one to a more challenging one to break free from because it can get really deep seated and it's all about twisting and it's, you know, the manipulating. It can be the web, the web. Exactly. It's sticky. And listen, just a side note, a religious spirit and this spirit, they're buds. (laughs) They totally hang (laughs) out. So this thing can thrive inside of a space where there's a lot of religious stuff going on. But what we know is that this is not new. This has been happening since the beginning of time. And this is what he paid for. So I love yeah. that you just brought it back to that. Yeah, I mean, he gave you this dream. I feel like you have such authority. Do you want yeah, to? We just have to be long. we just
1: start off here. We'll yeah. see what Holy Spirit
0: does. Yes, thanks, God. Lead us, God.
1: Oh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, first of all, for your sacrifice. It was enough. We can draw on the power of your resurrection but from shit, now into eternity, and it will never diminish. Thank you, God your power to save and to heal and deliver is always at 100%. And we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for showing us the things that you've showed us today that in the in the days, weeks and months to come, we will agree with heaven. Mm. Lord, what what is it that you see for your body? You see you see a body that is working together in unity overcoming, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, blessed with every spiritual blessing Mm, in the heavenly mm, places mm. in Christ Jesus, fearfully and wonderfully made, your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the things that you planned ahead of time for them to do, building your kingdom. That's what we agree with. Building your kingdom, seeing your people set free, From this spirit, there is nothing about this spirit that's hidden to you. We may not understand it completely, but it is completely bare open to you. You know exactly what it is. Yes, God. You know exactly how it operates and where it's operating. And we ask for your discernment, Lord. We ask for your discernment. And we say yes, Jesus, to the plans that you have for the body of Christ, the freedom that you paid for the transformation that you paid for, the victory that you paid for.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I just thank you, too, for the way that you delivered me from the clutches of this spirit. Being in relationships where I was totally drawn in by that when I was younger and held captive, I was stuck in that web, and a part of me knew it was wrong, but... So much more of me didn't know how to get out. Ooh, and God, you were faithful and you were persistent and you continue to move and work in my heart, Lord. And you set up circumstances and you set people around me, just the right people. And you were growing strength and identity inside me, even when it wasn't evident. And you're doing that same thing with these ones that we're praying for right now. That. You're already moving in them. You're already moving around them. God, would you Mm -hmm. reveal the revelation light? Would you name what's happening so that people are going, that's it. That's what I've been experiencing. And that they find freedom even in the naming of this dynamic and this spirit that they're stuck in. God, would you shine the light on systems that are built around this inside Mm -hmm. the church? Would you reveal this, Lord? Would you expose what this demonic spirit is doing? Would you bring freedom to your people like you've already paid for? We know your heart is freedom, freedom, freedom. It is always freedom. It is for freedom that we've been set free. Would you bring freedom, God, and would you judge that spirit righteously? Thank you, Father. God, will you raise up more and more intercessors? Will you raise up more and more prophets and voices to actually have a voice in this Mm -hmm. inside the church and outside the church? I was just reading earlier, I kept getting a picture of a wheel, and I remembered earlier I was reading in Proverbs. I'm trying to find it now, but it talked about uh, iron sharpening iron. You know that part? Yeah, but don't know where it is, but yeah. It's somewhere, and I think in 27 or 28, here, oh, thanks, Lord. To, uh, Proverbs 27:17. this is the Passion Translation. I read this. It takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens the character of another. And I just felt that highlighted again that God would give us the courage and the strength and the fear of God rather than the fear of man so that we as the body can be like a grinding wheel and a sharpened blade that will sharpen our brothers and sisters that we wouldn't separate, but in unity and and love we would move towards and we would call out and we would call higher and that we wouldn't be afraid and that we wouldn't be stuck under the accusations of the enemy that maybe we're not perceiving or are you sure you can say that? Yes, we have to say that. This is a a life or death situation. Would you sharpen us as blades, God? Would you sharpen us?
1: Lord, I thank you for the grace for the journey. That it's not all about just getting to the end point, but with you, it's a relationship and a walk and a journey Mm. day by day out of bondage into freedom. Thank you for the grace for the journey. Help us, Lord God, to see this whole identity piece that as we journey out of bondage, as these millennials journey out of a cultural narrative Mm. that has been. Forced upon them. Yes, yes, yes. That they would find their identity in Christ and find freedom in that. Yes. I thank you for that, mm. Lord God. I thank you, Father God, um, just for the journey, the journey of grace and relationship. It's like a dance mm. that you're going to pick up these these ones that have been in bondage through a false narrative mm. and dance them mm. into freedom and identity. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm.
0: So we're kind of circling back, literally, to the circling back that happened in the dream where at the end he ends up back at this first restaurant with this first girl who became a girlfriend.
1: Yeah, and you you were talking about the restaurants being the church. Yep. So I'm thinking there was a seed of his salvation planted there when he, at that church he went back to, or that restaurant he went back to. Something brought him back there. So there's a seed planted yep. in people's lives. Yep. I don't know. I, there's there was something to that.
0: It really is something to that. I feel that as well. And you, y- you mentioning a minute ago, the seed of salvation. It brought him back to this place where he started, where he wasn't going to steal anymore. This like time he's not going to steal anymore. It yeah. w- doesn't necessarily look like a full repentance, but he's quit. the trickery
1: right he was gonna get an honest job
0: Hmm. okay let's try this on for size okay because this is this is a kind of how I was sensing and feeling in that realm of like the lack of identity in the performance thing where it's just this frickin facade so this man's literally dealing in fa- multiple facades different wallets yes He's using credit cards. He's basically writing checks his ass can't cash. Right. I just said ass. It's <laughs> all right. He's presenting himself one way, and he doesn't have the funds to back it up. Right? So th- even the credit card, to me, is a part of the facade. Right. He comes back after all of this. His deception His inability to actually be authentic and be in who he is because of lack of identity. He's trying all these other identities. He's operating in all these other facades. Leads him down this road until he's caught in this freaking web that is using him, abusing him, sexually taking from him. He's being prostituted, essentially. And finally, he, is that enough because he's too broke or whatever that looks like? It reminds me of the prodigal son moment. I guess I'll go home. Oh, yeah. And now he's back. But he's not choosing deception anymore. He's choosing an honest job, like you said. Honesty. Truth. He's going to try an honest living now.
1: And the prodigal son didn't expect a whole lot. He wanted to just be a servant in his father's house.
0: But look what the father did instead. We make our way back being like, well, I guess I'll get a job now because, like this guy, right? Yeah, And the father's like, or I'll meet you as you're on your way back. yeah, And I'm going to reinstate your identity. Ooh, this is the word. I yeah. feel like this is and really the word. And the father planted
1: that seed a long time ago in that he restaurant did. with that woman.
0: And even though he's been down this long journey, yeah. it's really the father that called him home. He let him go through this. But he comes back to this quote-unquote church and relationship at the start. Yeah, And the fact that you said honest, like that to me feels so key because it's the it's the juxtaposition of starting with deception and at the end choosing honesty right starting with all the facades and in the end being authentic and truthful about this is who i am
1: and the rest of the story is not written yet
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh but there was a son but we don't know if it was his you didn't know it might have been the
1: woman's i don't know but but, you know his whole story is ahead of him we don't know what that is.
0: Interesting that there was a a, a child in when he went back. Yeah. Even though it might not have been his. That to me just shows like a new birth.
1: Yeah. Hope. There's a scripture. Another generation. I, I need to find, find it. Up where it's in. It's the very end of Romans. Is this Bible? We're going to have to pause here so I can find a Bible. Totally. So this scripture is coming to mind at the very end of Romans. It's Romans a uh, very end of Romans 11 it's like verse 31 and this is talking about the disobedience of the Gentiles mm. and the disobedience of the Israelites that mm. bring in the Gentiles and God having mercy on them all mm. so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you they also may now receive mercy wow for God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on them all And I looked that word, or that whole phrase up, has consigned all to disobedience. I looked that up one time, like, what does that mean? You make them be disobedient? What it means is God has allowed everyone to go their own way and do what they want Mm. until they cannot find comfort anywhere. Then he has mercy on them. And I feel like the man in my dream went as far as he could until he was out of money, out of, Relationships. He had no connection anymore to these women. They were done with him. And he went back to his beginning and then got an honest job and had to be honest with himself.
0: The prodigal.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The prodigal's son. Because the prodigal was the dad. But the prodigal's son.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Lord, open our eyes to see where we are not comfortable (laughs) (laughs) and return return mm. to where mm. you've called us to yes. to be to be honest yes and broken before yes. you